0: This is, again, for the first time, with your host, Darren Redmond. I'll tell you, I, this name of my podcast, as you know, is again for the first time. And I feel it. I want to cry. I'm happy. Um, Tommy, it's been... I don't want to say how long, but I want to say how long. It's been <laughs> forever. You know, Tom Biokos is just an amazing individual. And um, you've seen him in many a television show. You've seen him in many a film. You'll continue to see him in many of that stuff. We're going to talk SAG. We're going to talk, uh, talk the Actor Strike. We're going to talk about drumming. One of the best drummers around. The drummer for Laura Branigan. And I'll uh, tell you, and and the work that he did there. and. This is not a let's spill tea no-tell motel kind of stuff, but you know, he was in the relationship with Laura Granigan when she had her death. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about this very unique place called James Madison High School, <laughs> where we both went to school at the same time. And um, Tommy, God
1: bless you, and thank you for being my guest again thank for you, the Darren. first time. Thank you, Darren. It means so much to me. Who would think? our years in James Madison and right. through social media, here yes. we
0: are. Oh my God, well, you know, and I, I, you know, it's so interesting and I'm so, we are so blessed to live in a time where social media can happen because I want to say what you've been doing for the last 40 years, but I know, right? <laughs> you know, whether I see you on television, see you in the movies, see, listen to what you've done, you know, uh, how are you, my friend?
1: Well, you know stanislavski said there's no small roles only small actors so yes whether you're saluting tom Selleck and saying yes sir or um mm-hmm. i remember season four i had a day player role as santa claus mm-hmm. and man we were in front of radio city the crowds and i was ho ho hoing yeah, yes. and man that was a that was like a 900 hundred dollar payday and the residual and syndication so again you know every role whether you have Twenty pages, or one line? And you five under five lines. Right. You bring your A game, and you work hard, and um, work on the craft, and you know the work speaks for itself. You know, I, and I, you churn
0: out wonderful work, and you you out there on the picket lines. We'll talk about that separately, but I want to talk about the grind because it's so easy. There's so many negative people out there might say, "Well, after yes. this long, after this long"? For example, I'll just talk about me, right? I mean, you know, I didn't hit my stride in podcasting, whatever success that has brought, until I was in my mid fifties. So many people—that's a young person's game, it's a young person's game. Well, BS, you know, I'm driving, <laughs> you know, and you've had success for many years, and we're gonna get into all of that. What keeps you moving and creative, and that whole talk to me about that
1: vibe, man? Could you? in your face i think looking back i have to credit my late band leader and ex-girlfriend mm-hmm. uh, laura brannigan i mm-hmm. think what i learned from her you can't learn in any university or, or a class conservatory i really learned Let's unpack that tell us please i just learned the ins and outs of show business and we had so many deep conversations pre-social media and pre-all this hype and And um, I can honestly say that any success I've had these years and transitioning more so, especially with my last six principal roles, I have to credit Laura and the focus and um, she taught me a lot about showbiz and um, yeah, I think uh, we have to just credit her. And now you support. were. Like now, to for
0: those who don't know, you were her drummer
1: for her band. I was actually uh, percussionist. I was a, a percussionist. percussionist. I'm sorry. A percussionist. Yes, yes. No, no. Which my, is a my apologies. <laughs> No, but my apologies because no, no, um, no. I, I like to
0: be accurate. No, this of course. Is good.
1: So, I, but I didn't know the drum part. So I right. was I was a percussionist, which was actually a better slot because I was a frontman percussionist, and uh, right. I got flavor, her music, and um, I knew the drum parts, So it was collaboration so how did that happen? let's walk me through this whole
0: thing walk me through how you became that and then if you can tell our audience how then what do you learn from her that legacy that you continue to learn that made you successful since
1: well i think in hindsight i i knew of her since 1998 we established a rapport my brooklyn college buddy guitarist matt kazall joined the band Mm-hmm. And he was always trying to get me in, you know, once one of our own gets in, then he tries to bring in his people. Sure. And the, the band was rehearsing around the corner where I used to bartend at a mm-hmm. Greek restaurant called Molivos near Carnegie Hall. Ah, beautiful. So the, the band was coming in. I was hooking them up with drinks. Sure, sure. <laughs> and she would write me letters, Tommy, I heard about your drinks. And then one fine day, it had to be about late 2000. I come to my work on a Saturday, and my pal, Jason Corey, who now owns the immigrant bar in the East Village, he mm-hmm. says, Tommy, Laura brown gets at the bar with Matt Caslow. Mm-hmm. I look over, I started my shift, and we connected bam, right from day one. She was beautiful at the bar, and we connected, and we had a really deep conversation. And then from there, it was just. No, and I have to stop you, you right know. there. Well, you don't. I mean, since you've been around stars your whole life, but were
0: you intimidated? I'd be I'd be worried that I don't have a game to say hello and to you know to talk to that person.
1: To be honest with you, I think being raised strict Greek in my mm-hmm. childhood and having lived in Greece part of my childhood, I kind of did not know much about her. I knew she was a singer. Oh, I her, and I think that worked to my advantage. That really did me good because I got to treat her normally and that's what she respected. And one of her things that she used to tell me, Tommy, just be yourself, mm-hmm. just be yourself. Right. And I carry that mantra, whether I meet, you know, I'm working for Frankie Avalon on a plane or playing a Radio City with the Rockettes. I come in with the attitude of the mindset. I'm just going to be Tommy. I'm just going to be myself. Yeah, and yeah. I think that gets you a lot further. And um Yeah, just be genuine, be yourself. And uh, it's on autopilot, you know? See, for me, it was a
0: little bit different because, you know, I mean, we both went to the same high school, same college. I played football. You were (laughs) playing, uh, you know, your instruments. And I then went into uh, bouncing and private security. And thus, that's where I met some of those people, you know, and their personal uh, bodyguards and stuff. So it was easy for me because it was work. You, meeting them socially, you know what exactly. I mean? I, I would not have that game. I'd be like, I don't know, it's just, I, <laughs> I'm waving
1: <laughs> over here. Bye, bye everybody. Um But, um, you know, I remember when uh, Laura and I, we, the last show we did, uh, we opened up the Italian festival, Italia Festival in Boston for the Commodores. I'm up here now. And I, I mean, the, the furthest thing from our mind was the Commodores. We were like, what are we ordering for food? What are we going to eat? what kind of wine are we going to have afterwards where's the party of course it was um it was really really a special chapter in my life where i learned a lot and um, again i have to credit her Mm -hmm. for uh, my recent successes these years in film and tv and uh transitioning you know And, and um what are some of those takeaways that you
0: can share that you did learn
1: um wow um I think, um, I think I experienced, um, well, that, that's a very good question. I would have yeah. to say true love. Right. You know, I think true love happens in our lives once in a while. It's not mm-hmm. planned. And when you experience that, which happens, I really believe, once or twice, if you're even lucky in your life, where the love just takes you over. You have those mm-hmm. shitters, genuine. I mean... That's a special thing. And I think being friends for three and a half years before we took that leap of faith was um was special, you know?
0: Oh yeah, I'm sure.
1: I mean and that just adds to it when you're friends first, right? And it just because it's so right, organic. Yeah. There's a yep. beautiful foundation that just happens naturally. That's beautiful. And, um, yeah. So I hope to, you know, write all this down at some point and you know, we've been working on a biopic these years at, at, with my writing team, and the mm-hmm. strike set us back, and the pandemic. But we're back on the saddle. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I will I was around award-winning writers sure. in sag writers group, and I would read them scenes, and I had them crying. So the truth is always the same. It's up mm-hmm. here, and I think that's one of the goals this year is to finally finish that draft and uh, get it out there. What you care to share
0: and uh, what caused her passing there's so many different thoughts you know and and i've i've heard an aneurysm yes and i've heard and um you know i will say without going into any detail uh, i had a health scare Mm -hmm. uh and um i thought of her and because some of the things that they said uh she was feeling Mm -hmm. uh I was like, you know what? I I used to have white coat phobia, and I'd be fear doctor, I said, no, I got to go, and I'm glad I did. That's all I'll say. So, um, tell tell me what happened if you don't. Yeah, aneurysm
1: sharing. aneurysm ran in her family. She mm-hmm. was experiencing head pains.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, she was supposed to go to a doctor. I yelled at her. I said, Laura, if you don't go to the doctor, I will drag you there myself. Mm-hmm. And um, just that whole week. And she was nervous about going to the doctor and she called me a, a day before too. She said, Tommy, I'll always love you. Don't ever forget that. I said, Laura, what are you talking about? You're gonna to go to the doctor. You're gonna be fine. And then a few days later, um, Connie Baxter, Cameron uh, Bella, uh, Connie Baxter who lived next door to Laura called me at 10 o'clock in the morning mm. and uh, the housekeeper Magda found her. And at that point we went out there and then uh, her brother Mark, joined Mm -hmm. us afterwards, and it was probably the saddest day of my life. I'm sure. I'm so sorry. No, no, it's okay. I mean, I could talk about it freely. I've Mm -hmm. I've said the same thing a million times, a million different ways. Mm -hmm. And um, it took me a long time to really see clearly, and Mm -hmm. then uh, to make sense of what happened, and then move forward, the way she would have wanted to, so. Mm -hmm. Oh, sure. And um, her music is,
0: memorable and uh, resident. And I say that there are people our age and there's people my daughter's age and my son's age and younger and younger. I mean, they know her music. I mean, we talked about it uh, last week. I mean, you can't (laughs) be a St. St.
1: Louis Blues fan and not think Gloria, right? I mean, what is that like performing live? Talk about that. I'm gonna share a story that very few people know and I'm gonna get this out there. I went to one of the holiest places in Greece called Meteora, prior to the St. Louis Blues and the return of glory, so to speak. And I made several prayers. I mean, I, for my mom, who I lost New mm-hmm. year's day 1976, my dad. Sorry. And I'm, thank you, Darren. And I made a prayer for Laura. And I asked God, and I wrote it down. And, and there's a little cave with notes. And again, spiritual, we're in like no man's land in Greece, up in the monasteries. I mean... I mean, you could, the clouds are like right there It was just, you felt it. And I wrote a note and I asked God, I said, if you could send me a single, a, sing, uh, a sign that war is okay. And I threw it in there. I made my prayer. When I get back to the States shortly after, bam, play Gloria, the St. was blue, some last place, they went to first place. Yes. So we went back on the, the charts. It, it. It was unbelievable. And I went to the Jack's bar, actually, and I knew they would win in game seven. Why? Because Laura and I, lastly, her last gig was in Boston. And I said, you know what? Laura loved, you know, was a, you know, not the drama queen, but she was a big fan of the dramatic. Of course. (laughs) And I said, no, they're not going to. And by the way, and so are we.
0: And so are you and I. Yes.
1: I said, they're going to win in style in game seven at Boston. Why? Because that's where Gloria was lastly sang, performed. When right. we, Laura and I went, um, we flew out there where she mm. performed the tracks uh, to open for the Commodores for the festival that weekend. So I, I called that from day one. And then I went to the Jack's Bar mm. in Philly on the invitation. And man, it was electric. That's beautiful. So that was the sign. So I asked God for a sign and, beautiful. boy, can you give me one. <laughs> you can't make this up you know oh, 14, 16 17 years later for the whole Brannigan thing to be back you know mm. in the world stage was like wow oh sure so, yeah so i want
0: to i'm a big process person listen to my pockets i like talking talk to people about process so what can you share without giving away your own secrets about your process of finding these roles and a little different i mean you I mean, you're that guy, right? I mean, I've seen you—you know—you played whether it's the bus driver, right? Whether it's <laughs> you no, know, no, I'm serious. The court, the the, the court for the Whitaker, yes, uh, a few lines in that film, yeah. yeah. And you know this, and it's, I'm, I'm not blowing smoke. If you didn't have the guts, if you didn't have the gumption, if you weren't one a mensch, to use the word that we both know from from New York, you <laughs> know, they would not have you even even try out for these roles. You know, you have a pedigree now that makes a lot of sense to hiring agents, to actors, and how to. First of all, what's your process
1: to get there, and what's that like? Well, that's a great question. I think it's all in the work. You're welcome. I think you know there's no one say that no one set way to act. You have to really be introduce yourself, introduce yourself to all these techniques and processes. And just take what's what works for you. Mm-hmm. Um, when I studied with Wynne Hanman, he had the character interview. So if I was to play, let's say I get cast in Aaron Sorkin's A Few Good Men, mm-hmm. and I'm playing Guantanamo Bay, you know, command colonel in, in Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. Again, a character interview. How do I take my coffee? Where was, where was I born? What's my favorite mm-hmm. color? Who was my wife? How many kids do right. I have? So what you built- do you think so you build that backstory yourself? You, yes, you, and beautiful. you layer, and then, you of course, you can layer with imagination.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: sure. again, know the lines, you know, inside and out, like the palm of your hand, and play with them. And, again, build the backdrop, build the character. Mm-hmm. And, again, there's no one set way. Sometimes I'll make a substitution. I'll right. substitute yes. um, the magic as if. Sometimes I'll you sense memory, and replace mm-hmm. it with um, a backdrop. So, and again, always the you always want to do it differently. I mean, I when I was on Off Broadway, murdered by the mob, I played the killer, mm-hmm. and I killed all the goombas and had the big five-page monologue in the end. And like the neighborhood, I, exactly. And <laughs> sometimes <laughs> I cried mm-hmm. because they killed my father. Right. Right. Sometimes I didn't. So. Cr- some some actors could cry on a on a fly. Mm-hmm. I remember Mel Brooks. I, I was on set years ago, and he didn't cry every every take tears, mm-hmm. and he kept on putting tears in his eyes. Right. So every actor is different. But sometimes I cried. Mm-hmm. They killed my father. They killed mm-hmm. my father. Right. Sometimes I didn't cry. But if I did the substitution, where and I go, I wouldn't tell you or anybody. Right. As part of my private process. Sure. Um. I want to talk slower. I want uh, to take your time. When I studied with Win Handman, every time we got up to do uh, a scene, Tommy, whenever you're ready, mm-hmm. and it could be, and I could take as much time as I want. Uh, the important thing is to find the truth in the character. And um, a matter of fact, I'm really happy to announce that um, I had a a theater run a few years back of uh, Eleanor Dusay Dies in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And I just got the call that this year is going to be the 100th anniversary of Eleanor Duce. Mm-hmm. And the cast ensemble is going to be reunited and we're going to perform a oh, beautiful! Oh, that's beautiful. So that it, beautiful. as Bonito Mussolini, it's a dark mm-hmm. comedy. I mean, right. you're not going to recognize me. I with <laughs> an accent. I, sure. I, I transform. Mm-hmm. So it's all the work. It's oh, all beautiful. the work. <laughs> yeah. So, now, you have to, so You have to exercise it, Darren. You have to exercise it. So here's a question you might
0: not get too often, maybe you do, um, but I've always found this interesting, is let's talk post-game, let's talk post-performance, post-show, oh. post-movie, post television show. So you find it hard to get to walk away from that character. I mean, the, the one that instantly comes to mind, for example, is the Joker. Jack Nicholson said his Joker was tough to walk away from. I mean, people that believe... That that led to Heath Ledger's bad experience at the at the end of his life. <laughs> Have you ever had a role
1: that was kind of hard to shake? Um, yeah, I mean, I at heart, I'm a method actor, and mm-hmm. uh, the way you describe Jack and the the Joker, he's a true method actor. Uh, James Gandolfini comes to oh, mind. Oh, sure, put, sure. Putting rocks in his shoes. That's right. And to be pissed off all the time. So. Right. Uh, method acting uh, it takes its toll
0: mm-hmm. so
1: my last role, where i played drayton in the film halfway home which won a few awards by the way in the film festival circuit i wanted and to ask you about that but we'll ask about that in a minute i want to course. hear that yep, yep and i had a uh, eight pages of dialogue in the end and i tied the whole episode together the story i played a sinister cop drayton and he was bad news mm-hmm. and i found it took me months not that I was sinister to other people, but I had an attitude of sinister that I had to Great. really catch myself, wait a minute, you know, turn that switch off. So it can carry over if you're not careful. Yeah.
0: Let's talk about that project right now. I was going to ask what's going on right now, what people could see you in certain, so please go ahead and talk about that.
1: Halfway Home is a, a short film uh, produced and directed and writer by Michael Newman, and hmm. um, it's based on true events. And I play the role of Drayton, mm-hmm. who's a the cop. Mm-hmm. And um, we won two film festivals already. We're submitting beautiful. Beautiful. five other reputable ones. Mm-hmm. And that's creating a bit of a buzz. I and it's that. probably my, one of my better roles. And I think you're only as good as your last gig. Oh, with sure. music or whether it's uh, acting. So I'm pretty proud of that role. And um, already it's leading to other things. I actually, um, I'm reading another script that's uh the cat's out of the bag about sally the pants the true story of sally the pants based on true events nice so we <laughs> we had a a meeting with actor john Frieda, who's gonna play sally and so oh, and he flew from vegas to meet with us oh, beautiful. so it's in development and again mm. i've been there done that where you have a project in development and you hope it flies and fingers crossed but um they're a you have to begin it, you know? It's exactly. a chance, a worthy risk.
0: Oh, well worth it, I'm sure. And there's a lot of starts and stops. And as you know, through the podcast, I talked to some people, it's tough. I and mean, you better hurry up and then wait. And then, hurry up <laughs> up and then it's just part of the process. That's right. Talk a little bit about the strike and um, wow. what went through. And I don't think people realized how important this strike was and how great for the actors and for the hard workers every day that you did what you guys did because it was not easy and um, talk a little bit about that please
1: well i think in life you have to turn lemons into lemonade and for Mm -hmm. me the sag after strike was probably the best thing that ever happened to me i got a chance to reset myself Mm -hmm. the direction of my career my chops honing my craft Mm -hmm. Um, i signed with a new commercial agent a relationship that i i had (laughs) And so many relationships from the Laura era that I I have, but I just didn't maintain for whatever reason. So I got a chance to really um, I signed with a commercial agent in addition to my theatrical agent, which was mm-hmm. great. Cynthia Saldana.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I met a lot of good people at SAG at the at the, um, at the uh, writers uh, strike at the at the picket line. Uh, writers, actresses, actors. Um, I made some good friends, which was mm-hmm. great. And um, I got a chance to play the drums a little bit. (laughs) Um,
0: That's great. Yeah, that was was
1: fun to play the drums and uh, to go back to my military uh, snare drum, you know, marches from high school. And Mm -hmm. so I got a chance to, you know, instead of playing Brazilian and funk, I got a chance to, you know, review my uh, military uh, marching chops. You know,
0: and again, I'm definitely going to have you back. I want to talk to you, though, real quick about... uh the time's moving quickly, right? i can't believe it um about you know you and i with everything that we do we're doing we're just teachers at heart we both teach you know i mean talk a little bit about your teaching in the school and and there must be so you must feel so much pride when you see them get it and the person that really doesn't get it who's trying and enjoying
1: himself that's a win also isn't it it's a win-win agreed darren and um to teach is, you know, you have to give back and Mm -hmm. it's cliche, but the feeling, the fulfillment is so visceral. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a roster of 21 students at the Bayridge School of Music Mm -hmm. and I have adults, I have kids, I have a lawyer, I have a bar owner, I have all kinds of uh, a diversity of students and it just, you know, when you teach, you're really learning or kind of going, Going back to you know perfecting stuff that you learned, um, I mean, I was teaching one of my students the other day, and the, I I just thought of wait a minute I shook Buddy Rich's hand in 1984 at Lincoln Center, which probably changed my life. Um, so you're constantly going over stuff. You're constantly going over the basics, and, and if you you know if you could teach it, you could do it, and you know like Michael Jordan, he could do a three point shot and he could do mm-hmm. the basics. So A professional is, is somebody who has mastered the basics, single stroke, double stroke, paradiddle, radimicule, triple IQ, um flam tap, all these rudiments. Um, uh, so much content I learned at the Drummer's Collector from my late teacher, Kim Plainfield, mentors like Lee Musica. Mm-hmm. Uh, it goes on and on. So teaching is, it. it, it it's great. It's great. And, uh, you know, uh, my students, the one thing I try to, bestow on them is to practice and to be diligent and um, remember if you're not practicing somebody else is that's true
0: (laughs) one of you you know I follow your social media every day you know that but I love and and you Karen Carpenter
1: she was a pretty darn good drummer wasn't she I did not know that and my gosh she she could really play again thanks to social media no she Buddy Rich praised her and you see her holding hands, traditional grip and she had the drum set up the same way as buddy. And again, the truth test is, you know, when you listen to Karen, you just shut your eyes and listen. Mm-hmm. And then that takes, you know, Oh, she's a female. She's this. That takes it all out and just shut your eyes and listen. And uh, yeah, the proof's in the pudding. You know, yeah. I, I, I always defer to drums when I
0: talk percussion or some other things. I mean, that my wife's, um, Cousin's dad is Billy Coglin, the, the the great jazz drummer.
1: I met Billy at the oh, bone. Yes.
0: Oh, beautiful. Oh, yeah. We wow. had a great connection. Well, could you really short, <laughs> yeah. the connections we have? Um, the, the
1: original fusion drummer.
0: Yes, very good. Um, and in fact, um his daughter was at our house not too long ago. Um yeah. Send so my
1: best. <laughs> I definitely
0: will. So before I ask my, my, my next question, we talked buddy rich. I hear people say fast and this and that, and everybody says he was the best. What may, in your in
1: your opinion, what made him the best? Um, he was just. I mean, you look at guys like Dave Weckl, you know, Gene Krupa, Tony Williams, mm-hmm. Billy Cobham, all great drummers, Steve Gadd, musically great drummers, but Buddy Rich. His technique, his chops and musicality, a total sum mm-hmm. sets him apart. That's right here. The, the sum makes him the best. It's not the one thing. I I, I think he just he was just such a raw talent. Mm-hmm. And you know, you put on West Side Story um Medley or and I oh, saw him live. And, beautiful. And he played Birdland, and I was just like, wow, like God touched mm-hmm. him. And again, you can see other drummers emulate and do play musically and all that, but Buddy just had the whole package, technique, timing, musicality, and that wow factor. Right. I mean, he could do a, a basic single stroke like nobody mm. I've ever seen before. You learn the single stroke row from day one and he was at, like beyond 64th notes. Right. I mean, right. this was like not from this planet. And, wow. I, and again, you go back now, you know, to this day, I mean, the late uh, Neil Pertz mm-hmm. would, would analyze what Buddy did. And Max Weinberg would, you know, yes. quote and write articles of what Buddy did. And matter of fact, Max Weinberg is quoted in Buddy Rich's recent book where they uh, did a story on him. I'm actually, through social media, I've become friends with Kathy Rich. Oh, Buddy's wow. daughter. Wow. So that's pretty cool. And we have new yes. friends. Mm-hmm. So, um, and also my um, mentor, uh, Lee Musica. Now, remember Mr. musical and James Madison High? Of course. Okay, Mr. Musical, one of the best. Yes. His son Lee, we became friends after James Madison, and Lee went on to play for Tony Bennett, and he was his MD music director for over ten years. And I played with Lee at Swing Forty Six. We traded (laughs) fours, um, and he was the one actually who um, he was in Buddy Rich's band for five years, and he recorded the famed Buddy Rich tapes where Buddy Rich yeah. was the person, the band and the orchestra and, and we and the trombone player cooked the tape recorder. Of course. Why yeah, not? That, that became known as the Buddy Tapes. Yeah. So um, that's that's an interesting story. So I know this is boring maybe to everybody watching and
0: and, and or listening to us and I don't care. Um, but um, I want to ask this question before I go and definitely going to have you back. Sure. What made Madison and where we grew up so special? Uh, let me let me just paint this picture, <laughs> because you and I could walk in the world of of Italian heritage, Irish heritage, Jewish heritage, you know, African American heritage, Greek heritage, and just and understand it. And what a melting pot! What
1: a blessing where we grew up and the school we went to. Right? Talk age. about James Madison. Too. I mean, wild. You hit the nail on the head, I think the diversity yeah. at James Madison, and we were part of a golden era. And yeah, we you look at some of the alumni, I mean, uh, Chris Rock. Yep, and, what and, and cool our, us. Yes, and, and our yearbook, he's listed on their camera shy. And yes. he friended me on social media, we chatted a little bit, right. and it was cool. And then when I entered the band, the orchestra and dance band in Madison, um, they used to, the first thing they said to me, "Go, oh, Tommy." There was a really hot shot drummer here. He just graduated. His name was Andrew Silverstein.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that turned out to be Andrew Dice Clay. Dice Yep. And yep. and he's actually a very good drummer. And uh, also, I did not know that. Media, yeah, yeah. Through social media, we connected, and I actually uh, met him, and we had a nice conversation at the King's Plaza diner. Oh. <laughs> yeah. They they shot a scene there, and Vasily uh, called me. He goes, "Tommy, come come by and." He didn't take pictures with everybody but because of the conversation we had we mm-hmm. took a photo i think i gave him an elvis patch because he was an elvis fan right. and uh he was very gracious and he's a fine drummer a fine fine drummer oh beautiful so yeah madison we had a lot of a lot of gifted people and yourself oh well, yeah. <laughs> well thank you no
0: we did and i mean and you go down the line you know um you know um We have Judge Judy, you know, and we had Ruth Bader Ginsburg. We had uh, Bonnie Glickman. I mean, and when we went, I'll tell you a quick story. Carol King. That's right. right.
1: Yes. And she, um, Laura uh, Laura recorded one of her tunes, Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow? Right. Oh, did she? uh, Yes. Where the band would just sit down and the the grand piano would come out and that would feature Laura, Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow? So when that happened, I'm like, hmm, James Madison. (laughs) I'd
0: you, I, I once got a phone call. I, I shared this one time on, on the podcast previously. Real quick, I got a call from a newspaper in New York, mm-hmm. one of the big three, and um, they said, "Hey, we're doing this piece on, um, you know, on Chris Rock, and uh, you went to school with him, right?" I said, "Yes, I did." And what could you tell me about him? I said, "Nothing. I'm not going to tell you. you know, like because that's how you and I grew up, right? It's nobody's business. That's us. We're just." shut yep. up you know you, <laughs> you know if you were in if you were in you're welcome but oh, you're not going to ask questions i got nothing to
1: tell you i'm not gonna let my words be spun you know um just, agreed and the, the news media yeah spending is a big part of it so you you say one thing and yep yeah so, i didn't say that that's <laughs> yep, not what i
0: said or, or whatever oh. and they just take a piece but anyway mm-hmm. Before I let you go, I want to ask one question. Will you come back? I want to talk about students. I want to talk about teaching. I want, what w- For our, our audience, if they need or want to get in touch with you or follow you, talk about that, where would, can they see
1: you next? Um, well, New Year's Eve, we're playing with the esteemed All-Star Band. It's a private affair in Monroe, New Jersey, 10-piece band. We rehearsed. We're set to go. Nice. I'm really excited about that. A um, couple of club dates, a couple of weddings booked for the new year. Which mm-hmm. is like those calls are starting to come in. I'm putting the word out. Sure. Um, we've been auditioning a lot for TV and film. Good. Um, we have two uh, or three, actually, um, films in development. Here one I can't discuss, two I discussed already. Right. Um, so again, you hope those to take off. Um, continue teaching we have our kids recital this is
0: oh, going on there
1: my friend yeah yeah this weekend's a big weekend we have a the kids recital and they're set to go so i'm going to be with my baton conducting like like bernard bernstein <laughs> be- beautiful by the way
0: i can't wait for that movie i can't wait for the Leonard bernstein movie to come out right that's supposed to
1: come out soon it came out it was amazing. fantastic i saw a screening q a with um uh yeah uh bradley cooper Bradley and, Cooper. Uh, I, I loved it. It was a very good story, very educational, and uh, I, he he killed it. I can't wait to see it because
0: uh, I heard it's amazing, and I, I love, as you know, a film. Not I love it. And next time you are in Cape Cod, we got to have you know lunch and dinner on me, and uh, we'll reminisce. Very cool. That sounds great. Be well, my friend. It's been All great. Right. Thank, Thank you so much. much. Bye now. Bye bye.